So, we are back. We haven't been here for a couple of weeks. I was in New York. I actually dedicate this class to my daughter who went back as a shlucha to Tzvas to influence the other girls. My other two girls that are in Kran Heights that are Baruch Hashem going to be studying in Beis Rivka and also dedicated to my son. Thank God we found a school with Jewish ideology and community values called South Florida Jewish Academy. A shout out to Rabbi and Mrs. Bela Gansberg. Okay, so let's do a nightly dedication, learning in honor of Chai El, birthdays of the Baal Shem Tov, Rabbi Yisroh ben Eliezer, founder of the Hasidic movement, and the Alta Rebbe, Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, first Chabad Rebbe. Nightly co-sponsors, Idan ben Ada, in memory of Yaakov ben Kohava, Zichronal Levracha, for the Nachat and good health until 120, of Ada bat Bianca, for the right zivug of Karen bat Ada and Idan ben Ada, as well as a salvation. May Hashem bless all Am Yisrael, Lighthouse Project and Gedalia for a sweet and happy new year. Anonymous, for blessings from Hashem to Avram ben Zion ben Eliezer, Avram Ben Zion, Ben Eliezer, and family. Nightly sponsors Amanda Jones, in the memory of her grandparents Arthur and Helen Mildes Kronalvracha, Aaron Ben Alex, and Hannah Bat Tzivia Arye, in honor of my children Ari, Eitan, Yosef, and Devorah Bat Ruvain, Anyo Hakohen. May Hashem bless me with a husband who will love and value me, Manya Ilana Bat Shmuel Halevi. Avram Amar, Li'ilu Nishmat, Chaim Rafael Ben Yamna Zechronal Avracha, and for the Rafu Shalema of Yibod Lachaim Tov Maruchim, and Achamendel Ben Sorabatya, and Devorah Fega Bat Rezel. And that was a word from our sponsors. Okay, so the title of today's Shi'ur is Hey, You Over There. What's the month of Elul all about? Okay, now. Uh, this lecture, you know, just uh, your first time here, and I don't know who's out there. Aye. But the way we work is we start with a modern-day issue. From there we jump into a mimer, a Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe, discuss it on a spiritual level, and then come back home and wrap it up with the modern-day issue. So, the modern-day issue. This lecture is going to explore the modern-day issue of people feeling over there away from everyone else who are over here. If you don't get what I'm talking about, then God bless you, and this lecture will be an amazing spiritual high holiday preparation lecture. However, if you do understand what I am talking about, shalom to you. This will also be a life-altering lecture. So what am I talking about? What's the there and the here? There is a percentage of the population who feel different in a challenging way. It is as if the whole world is over here, and for some reason they are over there. This is not only about people who are noticeably quirky among people, but even those who project a very macho or sassy persona. My insides don't feel the way their outsides look is a core thought and feeling for this group of the population. Some take cover in finding other thereniks, while others turn to self-medicating of one of many unhealthy forms. Ultimately, the Dernik learns that it isn't others with whom he doesn't see eye to eye, but with himself. It is as if within himself exists a here, while the him, him, who dominates his thoughts and his feelings is over there. One of the signs of such an individual is that he is always living in his head, rather than in the here of reality and presence. 
In his head, movies are playing, of which he used to be the director, but is now an involuntary actor, forced to emotionally play his part. And thus, he is always over there in his head, in his moving movie, living and feeling a life of fiction. So now you know what the modern day issue that we're talking about is. This lecture is based upon a mimer delivered by the Rebbe in 1969, exploring the month of Elul, in which God goes to be there with his people and to reveal to them the road from there to here. I'm assuming that most people already know about the famous metaphor that one of today's birthday people, the Alter Rebbe, gave for the month of Elul, called Melech Basada. The king leaves the palace to be in the field with his subjects. Thus, I'm playing on that, talking about how Hashem leaves the palace, the here, and goes to the there to be with his people and to help them and show them how to build a bridge from there to here. Okay? Okay. By the way, for those who do understand what I'm saying, you understand it well, and so do I. For those who don't, like I said, God bless you, you've been spared. But uh, this will be a very interesting lecture nonetheless in preparing for the high holidays. So let's talk about it. The month before the high holidays is what called Elul. By the way, parenthetically speaking, believe it or not, the names of the Jewish calendar months were not given by Jews. In the Torah, you always find it by number. And it was in the 15th day of the first month, the second month, the third month. And we know the first month is Nisan. So even though they were actually given by non-Jews, not the only thing given by non-Jews while we're on the topic, you know that the Torah has been divided into chapters and verse numbers by non-Jews, not by Jews. But either way... They still have magical numbers that are associated with them. They still have magical numbers associated with Oh, of course, just like the names of the month have magical hints associated with them. We learn out big things from the word Tishrei, which spells out the word Reshit without the Aleph. What does that mean? Kabbalah talks about that a lot. Everything is from God, but it came to us from God through non-Jews, which is awesome. So either way, the month Elul has spelled Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed, four Hebrew letters. There are many acronyms in Code of Jewish Law teaching us all the different parts and secrets and services of Elul. The most famous one is Ani Ledodi Vidodili. Ani Aleph Lidodi Lamed, Vidodi Vav, Li Lamed. And what does it mean? I am to my beloved, and my beloved is unto me. And what do the great mystical books teach us about this? Ani Lidodi, I am to my beloved. King Solomon is talking about the first part of the relationship. I reach up to God from below to above. That refers to the month of Elul. Vidodi Li, and God is with me. That is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which creates a problem. Ani Lidodi, Vidodi Li all spell out the word Elul, not Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So how do we get Dodi Li to be Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? We just said it all spells out Elul. Thus from here we learn out that even in the month of Elul, the minute I am to my beloved, God doesn't wait for a month. Till Rosh Hashanah comes, he immediately reciprocates Vidodili. And that is the secret of the four last letters. The four, four first letters are Elul. The four last letters of Ani, Lidodi, Vidodi, Li is four Yuds. What is the numerical value of Yud? Ten. 
4 times 10, 40. Thus you have the 30 days of Elul and the 10 days from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur. It's also hidden in the verse of Elul. So it's not that Hashem makes us wait for a month, you're going to come looking for me, and then after that, for 10 days, I'll be with you, but rather immediately, God reciprocates. You're looking for me, I'm here with you. Nevertheless, when we separate time and gateways, the month of Elul is the month of Teshuvah, which is Anile Dodi, I am to my beloved. And then there's the 10 days of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, that said it, you made Teshuvah, which is, and my beloved is unto me. Shalom. So what do we have over here? We have over here understanding that the time of Elul is the time of Teshuvah. Okay? Now, let's take this a little further. We're actually taught that the 10 days are the Vedodi Li, that means God is close to me, and the month of Elul is more than Nile Dodi, the month of Teshuvah, which is actually why we're taught that in the month of Elul, I'm sorry, in the 10 days of Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, that Seret Yimei Teshuvah, the 10 days of Teshuvah, we're actually taught, and look at the verse, seek God when He is found, call Him when He is near. That's what Isaiah states, and in Code of Jewish Law, we actually quote from the Talmud, that this refers to the 10 days of Aseret Yimei Teshuvah, in which the Talmud says that even the prayer of an individual without a minyan quorum is answered. For in these 10 days that Hashem is close to you, you're answered not in the merit of the many, the minyan, you're actually answered just simply because you're a Jew, and thus God is close to you. So we clearly see from the verse in Isaiah, we clearly see from the teachings of Elul, that nevertheless, Generally speaking, it's divided. The month of Elul, Ani Dodi, I am searching for God. The 10 days of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Dodili. Okay? Now, we said that Elul is the month of Teshuvah, the month of searching for God. So let's see what that means. What did we start doing on the first day of Elul? We started saying a special chapter in Tehillim, and it's called chapter 27, and it's called... Le David Hashem Ori, right? Now, I want to point out one verse in that chapter which carries the secret of what Elul is really all about, what Teshuvah is all about. Seek my presence, your presence, O God, I will see. Okay? Now, what does it mean, seek my presence? Right? It means presence is the English translation that they use for the word panim. Panim means what? Face. My face. What else does panim mean? Pnimiyut, my interior. Thus Kabbalah says, seek my presence. What does that mean? Seek the interior essence, the pnimiyut. Your presence, O oh God, I will seek. Now this actually brings the entire service of Ani Lidodi to a entire unbelievable dimension. Why? Because we now see that when you say I, right? When you say that I seek my presence, right? I am seeking for you, Hashem. What are we saying? We're saying that it's not just, oh, I would love to be close to God. You know, superfluously. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm trying. Listen, I'm trying. No. It means Panai, Pnimiyut. It's got to be with your interior essence. 
You know good and well when something makes a difference to you. I tell people, <laughs> you know, people come to shul, they sit in the back row. I tell them, everyone is a back row Jew and a front row Jew. It just depends where. Are you a front row Jew by the football game, the Super Bowl, and a backseat Jew in the shul, or vice versa? So we're now hearing that when the month of Elul and you're looking for Hashem, don't be a backseat Jew. Yeah, I'm here, but don't worry, this, you, you sit up front. No, when you want something, you're up there in front. So that's what he's talking about. Search for God, panai, with your pnimiyut, with your interior essence. And what do you find then? Then you will find back the unconditional essence of God. Okay? Now what does that mean? The unconditional essence of God. There's a God that you and I seek, which really is a cause and effect God. So God, if I put on tefillin, will you help me get this promotion? That's a cause and effect God. A lot of times that's the God we're looking for. We're looking for the mitzvot that have sigulot. If I do this, will you do this? Oh, I hear if you do this, you find a shidduch. You do this, you find a panasah. You bake the challah with a key after Pesach. Everyone's looking for the cause and effect God. No. Number one, you have to look with all your being. A front seat you. And second of all, you have to look for the God, not the one that you're going to play negotiations with, but the unconditional loving God. Okay, that's what El is all about. Now I want to share with you there's even a greater secret in this verse. Because the wording of the verse, the way Hasidus and the Kabbalah just explained it, look what it says. Seek my presence. That refers to the way we're explaining this. We're talking about how the Jew is seeking his own presence. A little different than the way you simply explain the verse. So here's what Hasidus and Kabbalah says. The month of Elul is for you to seek your own inner, 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 interior essence. Why? Because what did God say at Mount Sinai? I spoke to you panim el panim. What does that mean? Face to face. What does it mean over here? Panimiyut. What it means is that God is saying that at Mount Sinai, I implanted myself within the interior essence of every single Jew. By the way, not to get into it right now, but this manifests itself halakhically in the laws of the Rambam of Kiddushin. Every Jew who says that I am going, I am giving a Kiddushin, I'm getting married on the condition that I am a tzaddik, immediately it's as if it's done, you have to be careful because the Jew within him has that power. So in one second, he gives us a little thought, you know, I should be a better person. Boom, he got connected to his interior essence. So Hashem implanted within every single Jew that every single Jew is va'amech kulam tzaddikim. Because panim el panim, I spoke to them face to face. I put myself within their pnimiyut. Thus now we understand what is King David saying. You look for your interior essence. Because when you find your interior essence, you'll find a pure peace that is one with Hashem. And that's your bridge and your gateway to find the face of God, the pnimiyut of God, to have a real relationship with God. I didn't put this in my notes, but I, I just want to get this clear. And I'm going to try to be quick with this story. Okay, because as it is, the lecture is long. This is a true story that happened with a man by the name of Tuvia Teldin, who I myself know. You know, in Israel, you always have to go to the army. 
And the Chabadniks are always asked to go around and put on tefillin with the other soldiers. So they woke up the Chabadniks, two of you tell them was one of them, and they said, listen guys, we're shipping out a group to uh, Lebanon, it was in 84, go put on tefillin with them, give them courage. So the Chabadniks got, you know, got dressed and went, and they started asking the person, would you like to put on tefillin? So two of you tell them, went over to one person and said, would you like to put on tefillin? And he said, no, get away from me before I rip your head off. That's literally, he writes, that was what the guy told him. He goes to the next person and he asks him, would you like to put on tefillin? And he says, if I put on tefillin, will God bring me back alive, safe? So Tuvia told him, God's going to bring you back alive and safe just because you're Jewish and he loves you. That's a given fact. Now besides that, would you like to put on tefillin for that God? He put on tefillin. The first guy says, Rabbi, come back here. He says, whoa, last time he said he's going to rip his head off. He says, put on tefillin. So he says, what do you mean? He says, you see, when you ask me to put on tefillin, I can't stand these negotiations with God. I'll put on tefillin for you and you'll bring me back live. I heard what you said to that guy. For such a God, I'll put on tefillin. That's what we're talking about. The interior essence, which is not always negotiating with God. To find the interior essence with God, who's beyond cause and effect. He loves you simply because he loves you regardless of what you do. Okay? That's the teshuva of month of Elul. Let's go further then. Now, the interior essence of a person, why do you have to seek it? It's who you are. The answer is that sometimes it can be hidden. Sometimes in our conscience, we're pursuing a lifestyle which isn't exactly what my subconscious interior essence is all about. As the famous words in the Eye of the Tiger, sometimes we forget what we started fighting for. Thus, in the month of Elul, even though this is the truest you, nevertheless, sometimes you got to seek for that true you. Sometimes we're not in touch with that true you. Okay? Now, let's take it further. Thus, we now understand that the month of Elul is the month in which to do Teshuvah, which means that we return from our conscious, egocentric pursuits and actions to our interior essence pursuits and actions. Now I want to share with you a total different verse in the Torah that talks about doing teshuva. So there is the admonition. This week's parsha. there's the techacha, it's twice. It's in this week's parsha and it's in the chukotai before Shavuot. And we say, if you're not going to listen to God, He's going to banish you, He's going to do this, He's going to do this, and seven times seven. Then all of a sudden there's a verse like this. Listen to this. And from there, umisham, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Hmm. All of a sudden, we're now introduced in this verse to a mystical level called there, umisham, and from there you will seek God. Now we understand what Teshuvah is all about. It's about seeking for God from there. Now you see where the title came from. Hey, you over there. That's what the month of El is about. The month of Teshuvah, the, Deshu, the Jews that are over there seeking God. And now let the lecture begin. Okay, so just that you know how it works here. We list off different Kabbalistic mystical concepts. We explain them one by one, and then the whole thing makes sense. So let's make a list. Number one, where is there? We just introduced, Umisham, there, where's there? Number two, what does it mean to seek and to investigate? Number three, there is God's address. 
Finally, number four, subtract, add, and interpret. We're going to talk about four mystical concepts, and this everything will make sense. So the mystical concept of over there is that it's not over here. Right? <laughs> so now we need to know what does here mean. If there is relative to here, then I need to know what here is. So the Pasuk says, again, we fall back on Isaiah. He says, Behold, this is our God. The definition of the word here in Kabbalah and Hasidus is anything that you can point to and say this. I can't point to something over there and I can't point to something that's hidden. It needs to be revealed and it needs to be present. Go ahead, just speak up loud so everyone can hear. Question is if they're using Elohim for Z, for Z, does that mean that what's effectively happening is that wherever you are is there's actual judgment, which is why so you're have you're focusing the name Elohim is judgment versus not for now. I hear what you're saying. It is the power of Teshuva to transform Elohim, but not for now. But very nice what you're saying. What the verse is telling us is. That if you want to know what the definition of here in my life is, when am I being here and not there? It's whenever I am involved with something to which I can point and say, this is the will of God. Spiritually speaking, that's when I'm here. If I can't say that what I'm doing, what I'm experiencing, my environment is the will of God, I'm not here. So all of Torah mitzvot is here. More than that. King Solomon says, in all your ways you shall know him. That means you can be pursuing science just like the Rambam did. You can be pursuing psychology just like the Rambam did. You can be pursuing astronomy just like the, the Rambam did. But it was all for the sake of to know God and to serve God. Just, thus, all of that is part of here. The mission and ethics of our Father says, All your actions for the sake of God. You can be in LA Fitness and you're here. You're not there. Because you're doing it. Because you're just exhausted and you can't go to a shiur when you finish. You can't daven with kavana. The doctor told you you need to get action to your brain. You need to do exercise. Thus your exercise is part of here. Okay? Anything that is not for the sake of God, or worse, that is considered there. So now we know the mystical definition of here, ze elokeinu, behold, this is the will of God, versus there. When you're not doing anything that has to do with the will of God, it's, or even worse than that, something that's against the will of God, then we're talking about there. So now we understand the mystical definition of here and of there. If you're ever not doing the will of God, then you are no longer here. You are there. You're there. there and another way to say this, by the way, in Kabbalah, is whether you're in a face-to-face -face relationship with God or a back-to-back -back relationship with God. When you're in a face-to-face -face relationship with God, you're here. When you're in a back-to-back -back relationship with God, you're there. And if your mind is there, then it's not supposed to be. Correct. Whenever you're not, you're, when, when something that you're doing is not for the sake of serving God, even making millions could be for the sake of serving God, then you're there. How much more so if you're doing something against the will of God, you're there. Now we can understand why this person who's there has to seek God. Because the righteous people who are here don't have to seek God. 
They're here with God in everything they do. And thus their prayers doesn't demand an effort or a struggle because they are talking to God who's right here and thus God answers. While those of us who are there, being that we're not here with God, our prayers is a huge struggle. Okay? So the month of El is the month of Teshuvah for those who have to seek God. Umisham, and from there you will seek God. Okay? Let's take it one, one step further. It's more than just seeking. In the English translation that I gave you to this verse, you'll see twice the word seek. And from there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. However, let's go to the original text. The original text does not use the same word twice. Even though in English, we use the word seek twice. The first time it uses the word ubikashtem, and you will seek. The second time it look, it uses the word sidrashenu, which means drisha. It's a lot stronger than just seeking. Let me tell you, when it comes to the laws of the witnesses, it actually uses the term which means there you shall inquire, investigate, and ask thoroughly. Halakhically, this means that the judges are to ask the witnesses direct and indirect questions. It's not just seeking. It's more than seeking. It's investigating. It's a real effort. So it is spiritually for the person that is there and is now seeking God. He's not just seeking as in, okay, let me just look. No, a person who has allowed himself or herself to fall into there, now to seek out his own interior. You live your life with one set of pursuits in the American dream and I, 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 I. You know that in the English language, I is capitalized. You, Y-O-U, is small. When you live that life of the capitalized I, the egocentric, that's all I want, so to then find what your own interior essence really is all about, it's not enough just to seek. You have to investigate, you interrogate. I mean, secondly speaking, you don't just go to a, a therapist and they, oh, oh, by the way, this is what you're looking for. In the search of the real me, it's a long, hard effort. You gotta uncover a lot of stuff that piled up. Baggage, what we call. So it's not enough just to seek. You have to have usidrishenu. You have to investigate. And then, and then, this has to be done with all your heart and with all your mind. However, even though it's hard, the righteous who are here, they don't have to go through all of this. But the Balteshuva does have to. Nevertheless, you should know there's a huge payoff for the Balteshuva which the tzaddik doesn't have. The repentant, he and she have what the tzaddik does not have. And let's see what it is. Let me share with you, okay? You will notice that the verse uses the word find him. What is the word find in Hebrew? Also used in Yiddish, a metziah, right? Baba metziah, the middle Baba, that's a different word metziah, that's not Hebrew. It talks about what? Metziah. You find something. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says a very interesting thing. It says, there are three things which come only with Hesachadas. Hesachadas means that you don't, you don't, it doesn't come when, you, when you're looking for it. 
right? And what is that? One of them is finding God. But actually, I, I, I jump ahead of myself. So he says over here like this, three things, Mashiach, Metzir, and the scorpion. It says these three things come, look at the language. Three come when the mind is averted, unawares. Now here's a question. What does it mean when the mind is averted and unawares? The verse says you will find God. Not that God will come to you, God will be there. You will find God. The Gemara says that anything that you find only comes behesachadas, with your unawares. What are you talking about? We just said that he's seeking. Not only is he seeking, he's investigating. Not only is he investigating, he's doing it with all his heart and with all his soul. That's called averted mind? That's called unawares? From here you see that th there's two ways that Hashem reveals himself to you. One is as a schar. What does the word schar mean? Reward. You work, I pay you. I pay you in accordance to your work. Then there's a way where Hashem says, you did yours, I'm not going to just pay you with what you've worked for. I'm going to give you far more, infinitely greater than what you worked for. That's a Metziah. Thus, even though the Baal is working so hard, seeking, investigating, and searching, and interrogating well, with all his heart and with all his soul, Nevertheless, what he's going to get back from God is considered a Metziah because he was never aware that he could ever have such an infinite oneness with God. Thus, even though the verse is telling you that you have to work in Elul to find God, he's also telling you that what you're going to find is infinitely greater than what you could have worked for. Thus, it's called a Metziah. We need to understand this. First of all, we now understand the famous Gemara. The Rebbe will repeat this almost every for bringing. Rabbi Bo said, it's a Gemara in Brachis, on page 34b, in the place where about Teshuvah stands, even the holy righteous cannot stand. But Mokim Oymit. Now we understand why. Because the Teshuvah gets the Metziah. The Tzaddik doesn't. Thus we understand why over here by the Balteshuvah, how the verse Isaiah uses is what? And you will find him. Okay? Now to understand better what the unprecedented heights of the Balteshuvah in the month of Elul receives, we're going to have to take a look into why God chooses to send any Jew there. I don't know. Let me just stay focused. I don't know what possibly you're working on. Let me just stay focused for a moment, okay? Because I'm bouncing around, if not. So he says like this. We have to understand what does it mean, right? We know that even sins come from Hashem. Right? We have the verse, Nora lilot abne adam, how awesome are your plots against mankind. Our sages learn from there that Hashem chose for Adam to have to eat from the tree of knowledge and it brings a proof. Why would Hashem choose for any one of His children to have to be there? In all the ugliness of the there. The self-loathing, the shame, the guilt, and the it's yucky there. Both for Hashem and for the person. So why does Hashem choose for Jews to summon them to be there? And from there they will come here. And the answer is, and there's a very interesting answer. 
To understand this, I'm going to need to introduce for you two, two concepts. Number one, the verse says like this. In the parsha, where he talks about the false prophet, he says, Ki Hashem, 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 your God is testing you. Now, the word for testing is menase. Right? Menase. Take away the prefix and the suffix, you have the word ness. What is going on here? Our sages teach us why God tests us by using a homograph. Homograph is a word for when there's words, two words that are spelled the same but have different meanings. Okay? Now, the word nas al harim. Nas al harim means springing upon the mountaintops. Thus, we learn out from here that the word nas, menase, also means unprecedented heights, not just on top of mountains, but springing upon the mountains, higher than high. Also, you will note, obviously this comes to mind, another homograph of the word test, nas, is the word ness, a miracle, transrational. Thus, the sages tell us that when the Hashem is telling you, I am testing you, I am testing you like a springboard. The test is the springboard in order to reveal within you unprecedented heights and commitment and oneness to God. Thus, we have now one understanding that it's only from the test of there that you reach unprecedented heights. What are these unprecedented heights? To understand this, I have to share with you a Gemara in Marcus, a very famous Gemara. Many times we talk about this Gemara on Tisha B'Av. Rabbi Gamaliel, Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah, Rabbi Shua, and Rabbi Akiva were traveling when they heard the sounds of crowds of Rome from a distance of 120 mil. They began to weep, but Rabbi Akiva laughed. Said they to him, why are you laughing? Rabbi Akiva, what are you laughing here? He said to them, why are you weeping? They answered him, these barbarians who prostrate themselves before statues and sacrifice to idols dwell happy and secure while we, the footstool of our God, the holy temple in Jerusalem, was consumed by fire. Shall we not weep? Okay, we told you why we're weeping. Would you mind telling us, Rabbi Akiva, why are you laughing? He answers them, this is why I'm laughing. If for those who transgress his will, it is so, they're having such a great time, how much more so it is for those who do his will. Famous line. If this is the life of those who transgress his will, rejoicing and wealthy, and can you imagine what it is for those who fulfill his will? Now, there's a very deep mystical secret in what Rabbi Akiva is actually saying. If you read Rabbi Akiva's words right, according to Kabbalah and Hasidus, He's actually dealing with a very famous topic. Why do the evil prosper? Even more so, how do the evil prosper? What do you mean how? We know that Hashem created a chain system, a linear chain system of cause and effect. In his cause and effect, what does he say? If you will do my statutes, I will give you the reins and prosperity. And if not, not. That means that the world follows the logic, the logic, the intellect. The head of the chain system called Sede Hishtal Shalut is, so to speak, the head of God. The head of God is the intellect of God. The intellect of God is His Torah. Thus, 
The entire universe must work according to the rules of the cause and effect of the Torah. Thus the question, how could the evil prosper? It doesn't make sense in the chain system of cause and effect that Hashem created. Thus the question is, how could it be that what we're seeing there, that partying, those barbarians who sacrificed their own children for idol worship, how could it be? That's the deeper question that Rabbi Kiva is asking them. What's the answer? It's in his words. What are the words he says? He says, those that cross his will. Just as we said that the Sederishtal Shalut, the linear cause and effect system of the world, there's another system for upon God's head, so to speak, is his supernal crown. The supernal crown is circular and infinite. The supernal crown of God is the will of God. In the will of God, it is not limited to the logic or the cause and effect. Thus, Yom Kippur, in your prayers, in Musaf, you talk about the ten martyrs. Rabbi Kiva was one of them. They were killed and tortured. When they were tortured, what do we say in our prayers? The angels turned to God and said, Zui this is your Torah and this is your reward. What's going on here? These great people are having such a torturous end? And what does Hashem answer them? Shtoik, silence. Kach So it has arisen in my will. What kind of answer is God giving the angels? He's telling them, you're coming to me according to shalut, logic, cause and effect. That's not the realm I'm operating in right now. I'm operating in the, in the realm of the circular, the will. There is no logic. There is no cause and effect. And thus we have the famous Pasuk from Job. What does Job say? It's a very, very difficult Pasuk to understand. Job says, If you have done good, what have you given me? And if you have sinned, what have you done to me? There is a realm in which the supernal crown, in which justice and wrong, good and evil, don't solicit cause and effects. Thus, we now understand something. We understand now that the only reason why the evil prosper, look at the words of Rabbi Kiva, listen to the mysticism here. Those who cross his will. You know what that means? It's almost the same reason why Haman made a gallow 50 amas. You know what that is? That's 75 feet. Really? He had to make a gallow 75 feet from Mordechai? How tall do you think Mordechai was? Mystically speaking, 49 is the linear. The 50th gateway is the circular. Mordechai, Haman knew that the only way he can get, that he should prosper, Mordechai should hang, is if he reaches into the circular. The verse of Job. What does the verse of Job say? If you are righteous, what do you give him? Or what does he take from your hand? Thus, we now understand that here works on the linear, while there works on the circular. And the only reason why the evil can prosper over there is because there is this outburst revelation of the circular. Okay.
Now what happens? What happens is Hashem says, I'm going to send some of my boys and girls there. The righteous can't do that. The righteous live within cause and effect. They can't go into the illogical of evil prospering. However, the Balteshuva was sent on a great mission. He was sent from here to there. And in over there, he lives in an illogical world. He lives beyond the right and the wrong. I want what I want and I want it now. It doesn't make a difference who I am and what I hurt. He lives over there. He lives in the circular. And then from there, he calls out to God. Thus the Bhattishuva has a power that the Tzaddik does not have because he, he is internalizing not just the linear logical Torah rules of cause and effect, but even the circular, illogical. He's bringing it into the revelation of his relationship with God. And thus the passion that the Bhattishuva has for God is way, way in the magnitude of untouchable by the tzaddik. Thus we understand now why Hashem sent some kids from here to there because they are the chosen ones that from there they will bring it back home. They will reveal that the only reason why there's a there is not because there's a Satan and the Satan is fighting with God. No! It's because within God Himself there is a circular. And the circular does not reveal itself within the linear. So there is no right and wrong. There is no good prosper and evil suffer. The evil can prosper. And even while there, there comes a point in the Balteshuva where he says, Dayenu, I want to go home. And when he does that from there, he brings there here. And when he brings there here, he's infinitely greater than the Balteshuva. Because the Balteshuva can only work, I'm sorry, he's greater than the Tzaddik. Because the Tzaddik, the righteous, can only work on the cause and effect of right and wrong, the linear of here. While the Balteshuva brings there here. And thus his relationship is, is unprecedented. That's what Hashem wants from us on the month of Elo. By the way, who's the one who revealed this to us? All the other sages cried. Who's the sage that, that laughed? Rabbi Akiva. Who was Rabbi Akiva? The son of a convert. Is there any greater transformation from there to here? And he became the one which God said, if, if it wasn't Moses, I would have chosen him. Now we get what's going on here. Layers upon layers upon layers. Okay? Now, we can understand in the greatest sense why there, not here, is the true address of God. And what God wants is for us from there to seek our own interior essence beyond cause and effect and ulterior motives of which God says, Panim el Panim, interior to interior I spoke to you. Even when you're there, even when you're sinning, you're my son, I know I can count on you. That manifests itself within the there and reveal it into our revealed relationship with God. Now we get what's going on here with our Nile Dodi. 
Now we understand why chapter 27, I'm searching for the face of God from my face, my interiors. And now we understand why the teshuvah of Elul is pronounced with Umisham and from there, not only will I seek him, I will interrogate with all my heart, with all my soul. And then I will bring the circular infinite there, I will reveal it into here, into the universe, into my infinitely passionate relationship with God. Okay, there's one last point to discuss before we go into the closing. What is that? You know, were I to leave you, okay, so now you know that the Shuva of Elul is the infinite interior essence with all your heart, with all your soul. Seek God and don't just seek God, interrogate. That's so abstract and that's so subjective. With all your heart. Did I do it with all my heart? Did I really? Did I, did I even cry? It's so, it's so subjective. It's not, it's not real. So we have to make the teshuva of Elul that's so great. We have to make it so practical. So now I want to introduce to you an interesting way of extrapolation in the Talmud. It's quoted in Tractic Zevachim, page 25, side A. And it says as follows. Subtract, add, and interpret. I'm not going to get into what the Gemara is talking about there in detail, but it's talking about when you bring a sacrifice, so the verse says, you take midam hapar, from the blood of the bullock. Now there's a whole argument on how you extrapolate. Do we say that you have to take all the blood of this bullock? Or do we say that no, what it's really saying is that you have to take the blood directly from the bullock. How do you do it? Now, just to understand, subtract, add, and then what's the last word? Interpret. So the word is in the verse, medam hapar. Medam, suffix and prefix me means from. Medam, from the blood. Hapar the bullock. So he says, the Gemara says, take away the mem from the word blood, add it to the word the bullock, and that's your answer. We don't need to fully understand that Gemara, other than you understand that there is an interesting interpretation, extrapolation way of the Talmud, where you subtract from one word, you put it to another word, now, you don't always do this. I mean, the exact rule is, um, it, it, look what it says here, where the context warrants it, and then interpret according to this new way. Okay? With that being said, I want to share with you what the great Mazritcha Magid, Rabdov Ber, the Mazritcha Magid, the student successor of the Baal Shem Tov, teacher of the Alter Rebbe, he interprets this mystically. Look what he says. Here's how it's done. Subtract. First, we must subtract from evil feelings, thoughts, speech, and actions. Then we must add in Torah and mitzvot. Only then will we be free to seek and investigate to find God with all your heart and soul. If you don't get practical in the subtraction of doing bad and the addition of doing good, then your seeking with all your heart and all your soul is going to be abstract and subjective. It's not going to be real. Now, 
in order for teshuva to make out of us a clean vessel to be able to internalize this new relationship with God, that's what about teshuva is looking for. We're looking to have a new relationship with God. I'm sorry about what I did yesterday, and I don't want to have that, that nasty, harsh, cold, silent relationship with you, God. I want to have a warm face-to-face -face relationship with you, God. In order to make myself worthy, ready, able to internalize this, I've got to subtract bad. Even before I can add good. But you should just know, the rule of the Jewish spiritual Magen Adam, Magen David Adam, the red star of David, the medical field, and spiritual, you do whatever you have to to do Teshuvah. You don't have to follow the order. But you cannot negate that you've got to subtract from the evil, egocentric things you're doing if you want to open up and internalize a relationship with God. Thus you have the practical work of Elul. Seek, investigate, with all your heart and soul. Let's get practical. Subtracting the evil behaviors, adding the good behaviors, and then you're open to truly investigate and seek God with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, now we can wrap it up. That's the practical way how while you're there in the evil, in the there, you can from there call out to God and internalize the infinite circular of there into your day-to-day -day revealed relationship with God. Now let's close it up. I'm going to read the closing in closing, I want to go back to the opening issue and deal with the practicality of how those of us who feel over there all the time can build a bridge from there to here. As we explained in the opening, ultimately the feeling comes not from how we see ourselves in relation with others, rather it is how we see ourselves in relation with ourselves. We seem not to be able to align our own there with our deeper self here. Let me now use just... Four lines to explain what that means. We tend to be fantastical perfectionists with a goal that is unachievable. This is with everything we do, whether it be writing a book, exercising, organizing the house or, or office to religious growth. The zeal of practical living never seems to fit our fantastical perception of our here. We try, we try harder, we try hardest, and we begin to give up on living life in the deepest sense of giving up. The answer lays not in the teshuva seeking with all your heart and with all your soul. No. Rather, the answer lies in the subtract, add, and interpret of one day at a time, one hour at a time, in just doing the next right thing. That's all. That is where the here and the there meet, learn to get along, and ultimately become one. The Shana Tovah.